0: Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Lowe Show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and I am excited to have you. If you are new to the show, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I've been doing this show for over 10 years now. We have a lot of episodes. So if you are new and you want to catch up on the archives, good luck. There's a lot there. (laughs) And if you've been with me for a long time, thank you so much. And Also too, if you guys have been listening for a while and you haven't left a review, come on guys. Press pause, go over, leave me a review. And if you can rate the podcast, obviously I hope you like it. (laughs) If you have suggestions or anything, you can include that in there. But the more reviews, the more exposure that this show gets. And if you believe in the content of this show, then leaving me a review actually helps other people to hear about it. And so it can help more and more people. You know what I'm saying? So I would appreciate that. And thank you for those who have already done that. So this episode I thought was super interesting. And I will introduce my guests in a second, but I just say it. It was an interesting show. And it was one of those where it was very conversational. It was like you listening in on a conversation I'm having with someone who I work with a lot. So I just, I always want to be a fly on a wall and just listen to people's conversations and just fascinated by that. What are they talking about? This is the kind of stuff we talk about. So you get to be a part of the conversation. Before we jump into it, of course, I have to give some love short to our show sponsors because they really help to make these episodes possible. And of course, I only share things that I believe in, that I recommend for patients, for my family. So the first is Paleo Valley. I love Paleo Valley so much. I actually use a lot of their different products, but there's one of them I want to highlight that I haven't talked about on the show before, but a lot of you, I think, are going to really resonate with it because it helps with brain function. It helps with if you have brain fog, if you feel like you're forgetful, you can't stay on task, you can't finish stuff, you can't concentrate. I think that this formula is going to be a really great one to consider. So it's called neuroeffective and what I like about it is it has a blend of mushroom extracts that help your brain to basically function better. So it has lion's mane, which there's a lot of research supporting lion's mane, at as helping to stimulate what's called BDNF, which is basically fertilizer. Think of like miracle grow for your brain. That's what lion's mane helps to do for your brain. So that's amazing. That's in the formula. There's cordyceps, which is really good for helping you deal with stress. Because one of the things is a lot of us deal with rain fog and issues with concentrating because we're too stressed out. It's just, it's hard to really concentrate when we're stressed. So it has some ingredients that really help with that. It also has reishi and chaga and turkey tail and shiitake and maitake. These are all amazing mushrooms. They've been around for so long and they have powerful effects. All of them do a little bit of different effects but together they have this synergy that i really love so it's called neuro effect it has again the mushrooms and then one other thing it has is coffee fruit extract now it doesn't have coffee to the level that it would cause any kind of like jittery feeling it has two milligrams per serving which is about half the amount of caffeine in just a single square of chocolate so it's a very small amount But it has some, with the organic whole coffee fruit, it actually helps to stimulate that BDNF that I talked about that lion's mane helps with, which is that fertilizer of the brain. So you put it all together and it really just helps with focus, memory, concentration. And I've been really impressed with it for my patients. I've had some really good feedback. So I'd love to know how you guys think about it. If you are noticing that's really doing some good things for you. And if you would like to get yours, you just head over to paleovalley.com. And then at checkout, enter Dr. Lowe and you'll get 15% off. So yeah, let me know. And then the other product I want to mention to you is our other show sponsor, which is called Hya Health. So it's H-I-Y-A. So Hiahealth.com slash Dr. Low D-R-L-O. And this, if you follow me on Instagram, this is the multivitamin that I give Zion. So this is the very best kids daily multivitamin I have found. And I've looked at a lot of them because I'm crazy about quality with supplements. Patients of mine know, like at my clinic, I carry a ton of different brands because I find the best of each brand. I can't just carry one brand because it would make a lot more sense business-wise, but I just can't seem to do it. So I'm really crazy about quality. And I looked for multivitamins that were going to be what I look for in one for my son. And this is the only one that I found that I was really impressed with. So for one, he actually likes the taste. He chews it. He freaks out when I start to shake the bottle. He gets very excited. So he loves the taste. It's chewable. There's no sugar. So it's sweetened with monk fruit, which is a plant that doesn't have issues on your blood sugar. Also it's formulated by pediatricians and it has 15 essential vitamins and minerals. And it also, what I love about it too, is they send you a 30-day supply in a refillable glass bottle that you can decorate. So it comes just like as this clean slate and there's these stickers that they send with it. And so it allows your kid just to decorate it and get excited about it. And it's like ownership. They really take ownership of that. And then they send you every month, plastic-free refillable pouches. And so you just keep filling the same bottle. And it's just very, that's good for the environment. It's eco-friendly. It's made in the USA, which awesome. I'd love to support the US and not other countries as much because we got some good stuff here, right? So let's support a company that's doing it really well. So it's Haya Health. So H-I-Y-A health.com slash Dr. Low, So D-R-L-O. And then you just enter Dr. Low at checkout. And you will actually get $50 off your first order. So you end up getting basically hooked up for the first month. And then if you decide you want to keep doing it, you can. So I love it. Zion loves it. And I highly recommend it. Okay. So on to the topic for the show. Now... I love this conversation. So I have my guest on who is my pharmacist who I use all the time when I'm prescribing for patients and we talk all the time. So I think you guys are going to really get a lot out of this conversation because hormone prescribing is not a one size fits all. It's very much individualized. It's not a cookie cutter approach. And it has to be like that because people are different. All of us are different. We all have our own unique biochemistry. And so we need to see someone and have hormone prescriptions that reflect that individuality. And at the very end, we get like really nerdy and into like more specific things. So it might be a little bit over some of your guys' heads, but we couldn't help but go there because we're just nerds. So I hope you enjoy the show. And without any further ado, let's jump into it. Hey guys, we are back with another fun show. I'm actually really excited about this one because my guest is someone who I text with all the time because we're always talking about patient cases. We're talking about hormones and prescriptions for patients. And it's awesome. I love hormones as a topic. I love talking about this. I've been into it for so long and I love talking about this topic. And I know that so many of you will resonate because the majority of you are women and a lot of you deal with hormone issues. And this is a, a topic that is very, I think, there's a lot of misconceptions around it. And, and doctors even don't know a lot about this topic a lot of times. So anyways, we have my guest and actually I'm sorry, is it Tarek or Tarek? I never say it uh, right. Tarek. Tarek. Okay, cool. So now I know because i because it's always, I see your name written, but I haven't actually um, yeah. <laughs> heard it. So Tarek, basically I have my pharmacist on the show who I use all the time. He owns a compounding pharmacy, Carmel Valley Pharmacy, and they are such a high quality pharmacy. They do things in such a great way. And I wanted to share that with because a lot of pharmacies don't. And so I'll just bring him on. He can share a little about, about his story and then we'll get into the topic. Come on, Tarek, tell me about your history. What has you into this topic? What got you into hormones and why are you passionate about it?
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great topic. And I think I came into it on accident. I graduated from pharmacy school in 1998 and I knew the retail drugs, the commercially made drugs by big pharma. I knew those really well inside and out. And I was really good at what I did in terms of that Western medicine. And I found that a year or two after I graduated, I felt bored, like I wasn't being challenged and I really wasn't able to make much more of a difference than I was. And so then I went from job to job doing that. And Mm -hmm. I owned my first pharmacy in 2006. And again, it was just retail, but we did a little bit of compounding like with pain creams, but I really didn't know a whole lot about it other than we made it. And the feedback from the patients was that they loved it and it was great. And it had less side effects and it was more effective than Mm -hmm. the... Regular pills that were given out, and then in 2013, I decided, you know what, I really want to do something different and challenge myself and learn something new. I want to learn about compounding, but I had no idea that by learning about compounding, it would also open my door to integrative functional medicine and focusing on the underlying cause of diseases, which has been a huge undertaking of learning, and and I love it. It's just kind Mm -hmm. of given me like a (laughs) rebirth of my passion of why I medical field. And so I'll attend one or two seminars a year given by A4M or -hmm. PCCA and they're three day seminars where you're doing like nine hours a day of learning from amazing physicians that are just teaching us and the audience is full of physicians and pharmacists generally. That is where I've got my knowledge and then getting to practice it within the pharmacy and work with doctors like you has been great and it's just been adding to that. To the point where I feel like I'm living or doing my dream job of helping people just constantly throughout the day.
0: And how rare that. is that for a pharmacist to say that, right? That they're like living their passion, living their dream. I think a lot of times they get into this field and it's different than what they thought it would be.
1: Yeah. If you go to like pharmacy conferences that are full of retail pharmacists, it's like a lot of complaining going around. Yeah. No really and what do you mean
0: retail? Is that like CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens? Do you mean like a exactly, retail like that? Yes. Okay,
1: Okay, Working for the chain pharmacies or even an independent pharmacy that only does retail me- medications and doesn't do compounding. Right. But it seems like there's a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and unhappiness and unfulfillment. And what's
0: their frustration? Is it that they just feel like, gosh, patients are just staying sick? They're just on these meds? What is their frustration? I
1: think part of it is that, but I think the big, another big part is they're overworked mm-hmm. uh, because the reimbursements from the insurances are just becoming smaller and every year they go down. Interesting. Uh, where they have to do more volume just to even break even sometimes than with less staff. Yeah. Less money. And so they're overworked and they feel it's dangerous and unsafe at the volumes that they're expected to do.
0: Interesting. uh, Is that why pharmacists push like, sorry to interrupt, like vaccines and stuff? Do they push like flu shots because it's a a money source for them?
1: They do push it. I don't know if it's the pharmacists themselves pushing it or it's the companies they work for pushing it. And it used to make good money. I think it's pretty small amount now, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it used to be.
0: Gotcha. So interesting to me. Yeah. And so I'm sure you're seeing such a difference now doing compounding pharmacy versus the retail with patients and outcomes.
1: Exactly. Yeah. The relationships I build with the patients is a lot different, a lot deeper. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I love these conferences for those who are not familiar A4M. So it's American Association of Anti-Aging Medicine. That's why I do the A4. Um, so you don't have to say that. And then what was the other conference you said PCC? PCCA. Okay. And they, yeah, was... They're the main like for pharmacy com- comp- you, compounding.
1: Yeah, that you okay. become a member for and it stands for the pharmacy centers for compounding of America.
0: Okay, right on. Cool. Let's talk more about this topic of hormones. There's a lot of misconceptions around it. There's even still patients will say if I go on estrogen, won't it give me cancer? It's like stuff from so long ago. We'll get into that in a second. But let's take a step back really fast. What is compounding for people who don't know what that is?
1: So compounding is where a doctor will decide, hey, I want these ingredients put into this dosage form and to be taken this way. And it gives the flexibility of combining many different ingredients, if needed, be into mm-hmm. one dosage form and then of adjusting doses, a route of administration. And if we want to make it immediate release, sustained release, all kinds of things just to increase the overall therapeutic outcome. Mm-hmm.
0: And, it's very and- customized.
1: It's customized and it opens the box of options from just the you know, pharmaceutical companies, what they make. So they might make only in tablet form and only in these certain strains, but that doesn't fit every patient. So a doctor will say, hey, can you compound it to this strain and to this dosage form? And then we can usually always do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so let's say a patient goes to maybe their Kaiser doctor or their gynecologist, conventionally trained doctor, and they say, I feel like there's something going on with my hormones. And we hear this all the time. Yes. And their doctor won't test them for it until they're like in menopause or something, yeah. and and then based on their symptoms, maybe they have horrendous hot flashes or really bad vaginal dryness or whatever. Maybe their mood is really off. Then they're either put like on a birth control pill or maybe like an oral estrogen of some sort. Right? Is that what we're still seeing from that kind of going that route?
1: Exactly. But in addition to that, I see even worse things happen where they get put on psychiatric medications, right? Like antidepressants all the and time, anxiety medicines. Which are really harmful, especially when in those phases when they're really not needed because mm-hmm. we just need to fix underlying
0: problem. Exactly, because it could be hormonal. And we talked about this in the show where estrogen can have effects in regards to serotonin and progesterone with GABA. And there's these different relationships. So if you have hormones that are off, you can have all these symptoms because of that. And if it's not looked at properly, number one, it's not tested. And if it's not addressed properly, then you're going to continue to have these problems and just rely on these medications.
1: Exactly. And that's a great point. And so I get, because we do the retail side and the compounding side, we're Mm -hmm. what's called a hybrid pharmacy. So I see both. And so I'm able to talk to patients very carefully because I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying what their doctor's doing is wrong, giving them an alternative way of looking at it and say, if you feel like this isn't really helping you, there is another approach and Mm -hmm. there's a different way that doctors look at this and they look at your hormones. And that's a really common cause of your symptoms. And so that might be another way, an avenue you can pursue and getting help that way. And then I can refer these patients to doctors like you who mm-hmm. know what to look for in that.
0: Exactly. And also for you doctors listening, having that relationship with a good pharmacist is important because sometimes also in your prescription, you would be like, Hey, have you thought about doing it this way? This is a new way that we're doing it. That's having better absorption or better effects or whatever. And it's yeah. so cool because there's always this kind of back and forth conversation about having the best prescription for the patient.
1: And the patients benefit from that.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the misconceptions. Just real quick, the difference between HRT and BHRT. And what are some of the misconceptions about BHRT?
1: Yeah, HRT meaning hormone replacement therapy and BHRT meaning bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And the term bioidentical means that the structure of the hormone we're giving you is identical to what your body makes. So the effects in your body and on the receptors is identical to what the, the hormones your body automatically makes and just isn't making enough anymore. And so mm-hmm. we're replacing it with something that's going to have the exact same benefit. And where the non-bioidentical ones, they're usually, we call, also call them synthetic, mm-hmm. and they can have a different effect on the receptor. Some of it beneficial, but then there's a lot of non-beneficial harmful effects that they can have that we don't want. And so that's where the core of the misunderstanding about hormone therapy comes from. And the fears that people have of its dangers is because it's always regarding what hormone replacement therapy, the non bioidentical forms, which I study that caused all that damage. And we went from over 40 million women on hormone replacement therapy to only 5 million after the WHI study came out because it talked about all the dangers of hormone replacement therapy, but it doesn't talk about bioidentical ones. Mm -hmm. And Even I hear doctors will... Say, quote, the WHI thinking it also applies to bioidenticals and not realizing it's a different type of hormone altogether.
0: It's totally different. It's like taking a really nice car that's having breaking down of the engine that's going on, and Mm -hmm. you give it a crappy oil. It does make the engine work better at first from burning out, but then you're going to see more problems with that engine that happens down the line. And like you talk about the WHI, the Women's Health Initiative that was done. That it raised a lot of concerns about HRT. It's just another example about how research will take things out of context and then blow it up and have it be this big topic that then hits the media and all you know the magazines and it trickles down into people learning about it, but it's incorrect information. It's kind of like meat getting villainized is causing heart disease, red meat. It's like, okay, well, this is conventionally raised meat. We're not talking about grass-fed, organic, higher quality that's more anti-inflammatory. So it's like you have to really look at the full picture and know that. It's about the forms of things and go from there.
1: Yeah. And to be more specific to it, they're referring to in the WHI study, they looked at Premarin, which is an equine conjugated estrogen, which is from a pregnant horse's urine, it's, it's, so, it's
0: pregnant horse pee. It's so weird. So yeah. gross. <laughs> yeah.
1: and and then you shouldn't ever take even bioidentical estrogen orally. Right. Shouldn't ever be taken orally because it turns into dangerous metabolites only as a cream. So there's two negatives against estrogen in that study, which isn't the same thing we do with bioidentical hormone replacement. Right progesterone they use is not even progesterone it's progestin and that's medroxyprogesterone and the only two things it has similar to bioidentical progesterone is it protects the uterus from estrogen growth and it stops excessive bleeding during the menstrual cycle and everything else it does is the opposite of progesterone and it's actually very harmful and everything else
0: what can it do that's harmful the progestin
1: so we know that estrogen has heart health benefits and protects women from heart disease, which, by the way, kills eight times more women than breast cancer. Just doesn't get any attention. Mm. Uh, bioidentical progesterone enhances the heart health benefits of estrogen, whereas progestins like medroxyprogesterone it blocks the heart health benefits of estrogen.
0: Mm.
1: So that's so just interesting. One that. Wow. That's, that's a big deal, though. But there's right. many other examples.
0: So If you put the two together, let's say someone's taking oral estrogen, so getting the harmful heart effects of that, and they're taking yeah. a synthetic progestin, yeah. then that's like a double whammy, they're not getting the heart benefits of if it were bioidentical. Yes. Wow.
1: And that's why also we hear some doctors will say, I'm only going to put you on your hormones for five years, because after that, it's dangerous. Mm, so right. Like women getting prescribed bioidenticals, and then they'll say, my doctor told me I shouldn't be on it. So they'll get it prescribed by a doctor like you. And then they'll go see the OBGYN, the OB-GYN and say, no, you've been on it for too long. You should go off because it's dangerous. And they'll come to me and they'll say, no, I don't want it anymore because of this reason. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. and yeah, it puts <laughs> a
0: lot it puts of education in. that needs to happen there.
1: Yeah. And and the patient's confused because they don't know who right. to go
0: Exactly. Yeah, because they're afraid that they're going to give themselves cancer and their doctor is disagreeing and they, they yeah. feel like they're in the middle. So it really is important for them to educate themselves because you, you do have to know this stuff. Wow. So let's talk about maybe like you, there's compounded progesterone, for example, and then there's prometrium as well. So what's prometrium and is that but identical? How does that work?
1: Yeah, so me, that's a great question because Prometrium is bioidentical progesterone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is in an oral dosage form, which is safe for progesterone. The difference is it's in peanut oil as the filler and Mm. peanut oil is inflammatory to our bodies and especially our guts, Mm. uh, which we want to avoid inflammation causes all kinds of problems. Also, it's immediate release and short acting, meaning it only lasts for about six hours. Mm. Whereas when we compound it, we usually will do sustained release and that makes it last for about 10 to 12 hours. And we never use any kind of inflammatory or harmful fillers like peanut oil, we use very safe fillers that have no allergic or, or negative reaction to the body. And those are the big differences. And so like with Prometrium, uh, if a woman took it at 9pm, and it does cause a beneficial side effect of making you drowsy so it'll help them sleep. But then it'll wear off after six hours. So they're waking up at 3am and can't go back to sleep, right? So the sustained release is a lot better in that it, it lasts for about 10 to 12 hours. And so they take it, they're able to sleep all throughout the night. And
0: that's why working with a doctor who knows what they're doing and a pharmacist who knows what they're doing is important because someone could go even on like bioidentical progesterone cream, and it might be good for them, but they wouldn't get as much of the sleep benefits as do, as opposed to doing progesterone capsules. So like even just the form of the bioidenticals is important.
1: Exactly. Yes. Because when you take it orally, the liver converts it into a metabolite called allopregnanolone, and that goes into the brain and it binds to GABA causing calming and sedative effects. But when you do it as a cream, it doesn't go to the liver like that. So it doesn't have that metabolism. It has all the other benefits. It just doesn't mm-hmm. have that benefit. So right. sometimes it's appropriate sometimes if a woman doesn't need help with sleep or anxiety, then the cream is perfect for them.
0: Yeah. So for you guys listening, so it's not confusing. Basically, you don't ever want to take estrogen orally, even if it's bioidentical, you can do it as a cream and that's safe progesterone can be done as a capsule because it has those sleep benefits. It doesn't have the same risks that the estrogen orally does. So we do progesterone as capsules or as creams. There's other ways to do these hormones too. There's trochees. Can you explain what a troche is?
1: A troche is kind of like a lozenge or something that you can put under your tongue and allow it to dissolve.
0: Mm -hmm. And that would be safe, right? Is that similar to using oral estrogen or is that different?
1: It's different and it's the same in the essence that you're not getting the whole dose swallowed going through your liver. So it's better in that aspect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you are dissolving something under your tongue, you are forming a lot of saliva. So even though the hope is you're going to absorb most of it in the sublingual artery under your tongue and get Mm -hmm. it roughly into the bloodstream, you will swallow some just on unexpectedly, and, mm-hmm. uh, but, but it's much less. It's a
0: lot do. less. So yeah, so if yeah. someone has to do it orally or for whatever reason, a troche is much better than doing like a pill for it, right. especially bioidentical is important. Super helpful. What about, I, I tell patients, hormones can't cause cancer. It's not something that, that they're able to do, but if you have cancer, it could potentially grow it. Could you talk about that?
1: Yeah. If you already have cancerous cells that are estrogen receptor positive, meaning that they're sensitive to estrogen, and that will stimulate the growth of the cancer, especially in the breast or the uterus or ovaries, then taking more estrogen is going to potentially put them at more risk. Mm -hmm. But when people think that taking hormones to begin with causes the cancer, that is not true. Because when we look at the risk of a woman of breast cancer or uterine cancer, it's much higher after the age of 50 when they have almost no hormones left, right? You know, they're not making any so the, the hormones have a pretty good alibi that they're not around to cause the harm anymore.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah because really, if hormones cause cancer, then as soon as women get their periods, and they're around just menstrual ages, and they would yeah. get cancer all the time.
1: Yeah, between ages 11 and 13, when a girl has her first menstrual cycle, that's when they should be at high risk of cancer, but that's not true. And the things that more likely cause it is stress. Mm -hmm. And like alcohol consumption, inflammation, how we eat, and then environmental toxins. Those are are all the reasons or the more much more common reasons that will cause our bodies to convert something like estrogen into a dangerous cancer causing metabolite versus a protective metabolite. So Mm -hmm. there's different forms of it. And again, stress and and just even having more than two alcoholic drinks in a week increases that
0: risk significantly. Mm -hmm. I know so many ladies are going, what? (laughs) But if you guys are using alcohol to help you sleep, then getting your progesterone on board, a lot of times really helps to alleviate reaching for the wine. Don't you see it all the time? It's all right. It's very common where it's like they have to use the wine. It helps them fall asleep, but then they wake up later, can't fall back asleep. And so progesterone can be such an amazing just fix for that.
1: Yes, exactly. And I have that talk with a lot of women about the alcohol consumption, cutting it down. And But I only have one drink every night. <laughs> and I say the studies are out there showing that if you have more than two in a week, it, it does something to your liver. To mm-hmm. your liver to metabolize estrogen into the cancer causing metabolite, and there's three main metabolites that you have two, and two of them can cause the cancer, and one of them protects from cancer. And so, stress mm-hmm. and alcohol are will tell our liver to turn estrogen into cancer causing metabolites. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And then, what are some of the other benefits of using bioidenticals? So, like patients will ask me, "Is this something I do for a short period of time? Do I stop at some point?" And what I usually tell them is. I'm open to whatever you prefer, but I Mm -hmm. see using bioidenticals in as a low of a dose needed to help with symptoms, but also in a healthy range with your labs. I see those as being actually anti-aging, healthy aging, but that's my opinion on it. What's your take on that?
1: Well, I think your opinion is what is being taught at the Mm -hmm. seminar and that's exactly how how I'm being taught about it. And that is I just tell women when they ask me that, it's how long do you wanna slow down the aging process and prevent all the diseases that come with aging and the Mm -hmm. lower quality of life. And just estrogen and progesterone have 400 different functions in a woman's body. And some of the most important ones is preventing heart disease, preventing Alzheimer's, preventing colon cancer, preventing your bones from weakening, which we call osteopenia or osteoporosis. And just the way your skin looks and the way you feel emotionally. And mm-hmm. those are some of the more common ones, but I think the number one reason that I see women seek a doctor's, I guess, guidance for getting on hormones is just because of hot flashes. Right. And they don't realize that there's so many other things that it does for them. That's really
0: important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that you brought up the skin effects. Cause I remember yeah. texting him, what can I do for this? What can I do for that? Because my son yeah. is now two. It's such a difference now versus before having him on just aging. I can tell my face looks older TMI. You guys like my boobs dropped. I'm just, I keep it real on this show. Like these things happen after having my son and mm-hmm. a lot of it is hormonal. It is hormonal. I noticed that especially like around my eyes, I was getting more like wrinkles and stuff like that. And I don't want to be like, walking, just, I don't want to look like I'm, I'm made of wax or anything, but I would love to just help slow this down a little bit. So I, I let you know that. And so you sent me this eye cream and it has estriol in it. So that's the estrogen you were talking about. That's actually cancer preventative, but it yeah. has some nice anti-aging effects. So we'll put that like in a, Eye cream, we'll use it vaginally. I just got off a call with the patient who she's getting the vaginal estriol from you guys and she has no more vaginal dryness and it's majorly helping her relationship. So it was an issue for them with in regards to their sex life. And then she also said, I'm sleeping better. I wasn't able to sleep very well. So I have her on a regimen using progesterone. So it's just amazing what this does, but especially just those anti-aging effects is really profound.
1: You know, when I have those conversations with patients, it's such a great feeling to know you actually help them, mm-hmm. and help them in a very safe and effective way. And yeah. you just can't do that very well when you're just using the drugs that are commercially made by big pharma.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about thyroid medication. That's a big Mm -hmm. one. A lot of patients listening are probably on Synthroid or Levothyroxine, which is the generic or whatever. So for us, we will use the natural desiccated or the compounded. So let's talk about the difference in thyroid medications Mm -hmm. and um, what we're seeing that's working well for people.
1: So I would say before compounding and just in regular Western medicine, physicians will, if they test you for low thyroid and the tests show that you do have it, you'll be put on Synthroid or it's generic called levothyroxine. And that's T4 only. And by giving a person T4 alone, they really won't feel any benefits from taking the T4 unless the body's able to convert that to T3 which T3 is four times more potent at least. And that helps with the common symptoms of low thyroid being fatigue, feeling depressed, feeling cold, Mm -hmm. having a cold intolerance. Hair Uh, falling
0: out, big one. Yeah, hair
1: falling out, constipation, many other things, but those are some of the more common ones. And a lot of people, because their cortisol, which is a stress hormone, is imbalanced, they won't convert T4 to T3 correctly. Or if they're deficient in minerals like selenium, zinc, copper, manganese, iodine, they won't convert T4 to T3. Mm-hmm. And unless people are supplementing, they're not going to convert. Mm-hmm. You know? And so people aren't really feeling the benefits, but then they go to the doctor and the doctor only looks at one lab called TSH. And all that tells the doctor is that they're giving you the right dose of T4, but it doesn't tell them if it's converting to T3 and it doesn't tell them many other things that doctors like to look at all the other different lab values you need to look at to get the full picture. Mm -hmm. And the way it was explained by one of the main doctors at A4M, her name is Pam Smith, she said, looking at TSH only is like taking your car to the mechanic and saying it's broken, it won't work. And the mechanic says there's gas in in the tank. So (laughs) I don't know what the problem is.
0: Yeah. And,
1: And that's the same, you know, kind of way of looking at it. Totally. Is, that's what
0: she says. I love all the car references we're doing. Yeah. The car fans are liking this episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So then there's other options, right? There's using the, the natural desiccated. So how is that different?
1: Naturally desiccated versus bioidentical synthetic. So this is where the term synthetic isn't always bad. So they're both bioidentical, but when it's desiccated, it can be taken from an animal thyroid gland and be put into a pill. So armor thyroid, and NP throid, and nature throid, those are generally from a desiccated or animal source. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still bioidentical. Uh, the only negative to that is that they, if you have um, an autoimmune disease, like Hashimoto's causing your thyroid problem, then you might exacerbate it using mm-hmm. the desiccated forms. And then we have a synthetic bioidentical. And in this sense, the term synthetic is not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's still bioidentical. And, but because it's not from an animal source, it doesn't exacerbate those antibodies and you don't worsen that problem.
0: So synthetic meaning it's made at the compounding pharmacy, you guys actually make it there, but it is mm-hmm. still bioidentical. So it's the same structure as your thyroid's own hormones, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. And,
1: and what I think is better about the compounding version of that too is when you're looking at things like armor thyroid or nature thyroid, the ratio of T4 to T3 is always just four to one. And they did that because T3 is four times more potent than T4, but that's not what our bodies physiologically have between T4 and T3. It's usually like 11 to one or 13 to one ratio. And so with compounding where we usually find that's what we end up doing between T4 and T3 is doing 11 to one or 13 to one
0: hmm. Interesting. And is that are you basically saying that the thyroid hormones from a pig are different than the thyroid hormones from a human? And that's why the compounded is made to reflect that difference? So you're saying? No, oh, no. Okay.
1: It, it's just that the drug companies came up with the four to one ratio, just because they were assuming that's what our bodies needed since T4, or, you know, T3 is four times more potent than T4. Mm-hmm. So that's why they came up with the four to one ratio. But generally, just in how the body, those hormones work, in our, whether it's from an mm-hmm. animal or from synthetic, it should work the same. Gotcha.
0: Okay. So let's talk about DHEA. This is something we've mentioned a bit on the show because it's an adrenal hormone, but we haven't really talked a lot about using it as a hormone supplementation. And we haven't talked about the difference with that versus 7-keto DHEA. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. When we take DHEA, even though it's an adrenal hormone, it acts also as a sex hormone because it also converts partially into estrogen and testosterone. So that's beneficial for people who are low in estrogen, testosterone, and they need a little bit extra of it. Then we can give them DHEA and they'll get the DHEA benefits. Plus they'll get a little bit of estrogen conversion and a little bit of testosterone. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we like that benefit sometimes. But then there's times like if a woman is dealing with acne issues, we don't want her to make more testosterone because be that will worsen that. So we can give them what's called seven keto DHEA. And what that does is it just doesn't convert into testosterone or estrogen. It just stays as DHEA only. And so we can give that without if we don't want that conversion. Mm-hmm. Super so helpful. It's pretty great in giving us those options.
0: Yeah, and and some of the benefits we see with DHEA. I mean, for one, it's an anti-aging hormone, so it naturally goes down as we get older, so it can help with that, just healthy aging. But big time for libido, right?
1: Yeah, with libido and overall sense of well-being, and helping our immune system,
0: mm-hmm. and putting on lean muscle, our ability to burn fat. Yeah. These are all benefits of that. Yeah.
1: You do seven keto DHA and, and, and higher doses for people wanting to lose weight more naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And a lot of you guys listening are like, I could identify with this because as we get older with our hormones changing, and oftentimes if we have adrenal problems, that's when our metabolism really starts to slow down and we can get this like midsection weight gain. That's just really hard to get that off. And there are things that we can do naturopathically to help like taking long walks every day that can decrease belly fat. But using hormones as a tool is very helpful for these issues.
1: Exactly, and just the loss of estrogen. Going back to that is when a woman does not replace estrogen after menopause. There's a, and I can't remember the exact percentage, but there's a percentage increase in body fat that goes up every year after menopause if they don't start replacing the estrogen. Mm-hmm. And that goes the opposite of what the public thinks. They think taking estrogen or progesterone will cause them to get retained water, retain fat and and gain weight. And that's because that's a misunderstanding of what birth control does, but bioidenticals do not do that.
0: Exactly. And just one thing I want to make sure people also get, I'm not sure if we said it is you don't really want to take estrogen on its own, even if it's bioidentical, we want to use it with progesterone as a balance.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up because that's still a misunderstanding, even by some OBGYNs I still see here a patient only getting estrogen, I'll say, oh, why aren't you getting progesterone? They say the they said, because I had a hysterectomy, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And again, that's was their misunderstanding where they're thinking medroxyprogestin is the same thing as bioidentical progesterone. And so the doctor rightly so is avoiding that medroxyprogestin because it's harmful. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a uterus, you don't need to take it. But they don't realize that bioidentical progesterone doesn't have any of those dangers and actually helps and protects the women more, and they should be having it.
0: Exactly. And then, and also some of these patients are thinking they can take oral estrogen, even if it's, whether it's bioidentical or synthetic, if they don't have a uterus anymore, they've got a hysterectomy, like, okay, well, I can take it because it's not going to increase different cancers, but there's other effects that can do.
1: Yeah, it, it increases their risk of heart attack and stroke significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it lowers their libido. It, it just does so many harmful bad things. Right. It's not worth
0: doing. So I just really want to drive this home for you guys that oral estrogen, never a good thing, bioidentical or not, but synthetic estrogen, especially bad, and it's bad for heart health and all that. But if you're using bioidentical estrogen and progesterone in the proper way, it actually can decrease the risk of heart problems, correct?
1: Yes, it can decrease the risk of heart problems and it decreases the risk of um, breast cancer, uterine cancer, colon cancer.
0: Isn't that interesting? It It actually decreases the risk of breast cancer.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't increase. And that was another thing A4M, Pam Smith talked about a study done in France. I think it was 80,000 women followed over a 10 year period. And the women getting biased cream only, which is estrogen cream, compared to women getting no hormones, there's a zero difference in the risk of breast cancer or the rate of breast cancer wow. issues. But then when they added progesterone to the women who are taking the biased cream, there was a two and a half fold decreased risk of breast cancer versus a woman who took no hormones.
0: So fascinating. Yeah. So good. I love this. Let's get into just a couple little last things that you guys address. So let's talk about mast cell. We have a show coming up in the future on histamine issues. We'll get more into it, but just Mm -hmm. what options do you guys have as a combining pharmacy for treating things like mast cell activation, like eosinophilic esophagitis. So these are issues where, where it's similar issues that can happen. So what can you guys do for that? So
1: um, for the mast cell activation we have, which is becoming a lot more talked about, and we're seeing a lot more patients with, I think a lot more patients have it. It's just doctors are starting to look for it more and testing for it more. And so tiffin, which is an antihistamine, but it also has mast cell stabilizing benefits. And so that that is something that typically is taken orally, and uh, we slowly taper up the dose because it is an antihistamine and can cause a drowsy or sedative side effect. Mm-hmm. So we slowly taper them up.
0: And this is better than like Benadryl. Right? It's better than
1: Benadryl because it doesn't make you as drowsy as Benadryl, and Benadryl doesn't stabilize mast cells, but Ketotifen does.
0: Mm-hmm. So cool! And, yeah. I never heard of Ketotifen. <laughs>
1: And then the other option is using chromaline sodium. Mm-hmm. And there, so I guess there's two different types of mast cell activation disease. And so the doctor needs to know to specify in their testing of which one you have to realize if you're going to benefit more from chromaline sodium or from keto tiffin.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: don't know exactly what the difference in those testings are, but I yeah. do There, I know it's been talked about and they want to- I do
0: have a friend that this is like her whole thing that she specializes in so we can bring her on and we could talk more about that, but that's super interesting. And a a lot of people are dealing with this. They don't even know it's an issue. And then what about the esophagitis that can happen?
1: Yeah, so eosinophilic esophagitis, eosinophils is one of the- chemical mediators that comes from our immune system, and it causes a lot of inflammation and damage in in the tissue that there's high levels of it. And so when we have high levels of eosinophils in our esophagus, we get a lot of inflammation and damage in the esophagus. And so it's really hard, we need a steroid, something like budesonide to calm down those eosinophils. But when you're doing it through an area like the esophagus, where you're Every time you eat or drink, you're going through the esophagus. So it's a high traffic area is how I like to think about it. So it's really hard to get a medicine to stick there and actually have a good benefit. What's really cool about compounding is we can make specific vehicles or bases that we put the active ingredient in that will allow the ingredient to stick in place longer, especially a place like the esophagus, which we call it a high traffic area. Mm -hmm. So we call this uh, paloxomer. And we can make it into different percentages and 30% or to down to 10% is typically what we'll use with this. And then the patient can put a little bit of budesonide in there. We will pre-put the budesonide in there and the patient will drink down like 10 milliliters, which is equal to two teaspoonfuls. And it's, what's really cool is it's thermo uh, thermoreversible, which means at refrigerated temperature, it's liquefied. And when it heats up, it thickens and gels which is opposite of what we usually see. We usually heat something up to liquefy it. This is the opposite. And so we keep in the refrigerator, it's like a watery liquid form, the patient drinks it down. And since our body temperature is 98 degrees, it quickly heats it up and it gels up immediately and sticks to the walls of the esophagus. And we call that term bioadhesive. So it adheres to biological tissue or mucus tissue. Mm -hmm. And then it, Self degrades. So after about seven days, it degrades on its own and it goes, it just degrades uh, away into nothing. Mm-hmm. And so when we put a steroid in there, now the steroid gets to stick in place. And so I've seen a few cases of patients who have tried a whole bunch of different therapies through Western medicine options and they didn't see any reduction in their eosinophil numbers. And then just a few months on the regimen I just talked about, their eosinophil count went all the way down to zero. Wow! Yeah, so that's just how much more effective we can make things just by compounding better dosage forms.
0: There are thousands of combinations that can be done for the patient. I'm thinking of a a patient that we've been working with who was dealing with just debilitating vulvodynia. So just Mm -hmm. a lot of pain vaginally that literally, like, just her clothes brushing against it was painful for her. Even just touching the area, even just the outside area was so painful for her. And so we worked with her and you guys have made some custom pain formulas topically and it's been a game changer for her. And it's so cool because there's just so many different tools and ingredients you guys have and it's really helped her relationship. And so game changer.
1: Yeah. It is. And that's a difficult, vulvodynia is difficult because uh, patients with vulvodynia are also very sensitive to Mm -hmm. a lot of even just creams with no ingredient in them. And so we have to do some trial and error to find one that one helps them and two they can tolerate without it causing immediate burning. We have a lot of options, like you said, and and so we are, were able to find something that finally works for each individual patient. I think help. you
0: guys did LDN. Is that correct? Can you put LDN in in topical? Absolutely. We're, okay. Let's talk in, about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, LDN stands for low-dose naltrexone, and it has many uses, nearly about a hundred or more different uses nowadays. And so we can put that in there because it has pain relieving effects in terms of raising endorphin and enkephalins, which are natural pain relieving chemicals that our body makes. But it also calms down the immune system and modulates it where it's overreactive, causing issues and pain. And that's a
0: key thing I want to point out real fast. You said immune modulation. That's different than immune suppression right, yes. which is where conventional medicine, they'll treat autoimmune disease by suppressing the immune system, like with a steroid, but it actually yeah. suppresses the immune system. So you guys are actually balancing it.
1: We're balancing it. So where the immune system is weak, and we need it stronger, it strengthens that but where it's too overreactive and causing damage and inflammation, it calms that down. So you brought up a good point point. It modulates it to put it into perfect balance.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. LDN can be used topically or orally different routes for that.
1: Yeah, we use it in scar gels. We use it in eczema or any other autoimmune topical issue. We
0: can wow use scar it can gels. Use. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow, cool. For me, this is like a kid in a candy store. It's like such brain candy. I just I love this so much because I've just seen it work over the years, and it's just it keeps that creativity going. It's such an art too. It's an art and a science. We are using the data. We do testing. So. Before we wrap up, let's just talk about real fast, how we test for the hormones, how we retest. We talked about it a little bit on the show, but I think it's a good way to, to wrap up the topic.
1: Yeah. So this is, it's a very controversial topic only because what I see in common practice versus what is being recommended by A4M in terms of how to test. So when we're doing transdermal creams, The recommendation is to test saliva because that tells us what the bioactive form or bioactive level is in the body. And that's what they recommend to dose the patient off of that. Mm -hmm. There is also to look at urine, but that doesn't tell us how to dose. It tells us what metabolites the person is making, which is still very important. Mm -hmm. Um, And then looking at blood, Is not going to tell us what hormone level is when you rub on a testosterone cream or an estrogen cream because it's not in the blood, it's in the tissue. So they're typically not going to find the levels. But the the harm, so you might want to ask, why is that important? Well, it's important because if you're following blood levels and you think they're too low, you're going to keep giving higher and higher levels to, to, till you finally see them in the blood, and now you're overdosing the patient with hormones and that isn't what we want to do. Then we are, mm-hmm. we could potentially get to give a woman the, the level of hormones she used to make or a little bit below that, but never over that.
0: Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Yeah. For me, when I'm doing That's- testing, I'll check on the, it depends on patients, just ability to pay for all these tests because they can all really add up, but I will usually start with the blood right. test, yeah, see yeah, where yeah. things are. I always take into account their symptoms. That's really key because you don't just treat the lab. You're treating yeah. the patient using labs as a tool, always doing other testing too, like deficiencies and testing their gut and testing their adrenals and their thyroid and all that stuff, because it all plays into it. It's not just your hormones. And then from there, we'll do get the prescription if it is warranted for the patient and then typically I'll do the Dutch test, the urine test to see how they're metabolizing everything. But I think that's interesting. You talk about doing the saliva for knowing how to change dosages in the future. I think that's a good point yeah. you brought up. And
1: I didn't bring up a lot of those points you brought up. And that those are really important that you brought up is mostly the symptoms of the patient is the most important mm-hmm. uh, thing to follow because it you want to treat the patient before the not the left.
0: Right. Right. And then also too just. What's important is dose for dose isn't necessarily the same. So a dose that a patient might get in an oral form wouldn't be the same dose that for the prescription that should be written for the cream because of absorption.
1: Exactly. And 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 then also when you are doing oral form, then it is okay. Like with progesterone, it is okay to look at blood because then that is a very accurate, good level to go by. Right. Because um, of the saliva.
0: Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. But and then when you're talking about the difference in absorption between cream and capsule of progesterone, because we go between those two, the capsule only 10 to 20% of it is absorbed into the body. So for instance, if you're giving 100 milligram capsule, they're only absorbing 10 to 20 milligrams of that into their body. Whereas if you're doing a cream, they're getting 80 to 90%. So that if you go from 100 milligram capsule to 100 milligram cream, Now she is absorbing 80 to 90 milligrams, four to five times more than she was with the pill. You really adjust for that. So instead of going from a hundred milligram capsule to a hundred milligram cream, you go from a hundred milligram capsule to maybe a 30 or 40 milligram cream.
0: Mm -hmm. And then
1: you will be equal in the the amount of progesterone she's ultimately absorbing.
0: Super important. And then bringing in the health of the gut, we'll just finish with this because I could talk with you about this for nine hours, but... (laughs) Yeah, we got patients who got to help. But I mean, looking at the health of the gut is key. So if I have a patient who comes in and they have a raging leaky gut, they have a ton of maybe infections, like parasites or yeast overgrowth or whatever, food allergies, all this stuff, I'm going to think twice about putting them on some oral progesterone, because I don't know how much they're going to get. So then in that case, I would probably do a cream. So again, looking at the whole picture, looking at the gut, I'm a broken record with that, always looking at the gut, no matter what the condition is really key, especially with hormones.
1: It, it is. And and yes, if we make a sustained release oral form, and they have a leaky gut that mm-hmm. now their gut ability to digest and absorb things is compromised. So they're not going to absorb sustained release very well at all.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so
1: we either need to do it as a cream, as you mentioned, or we could make the immediate release formulation if they want the sedative mm-hmm. effects of progesterone. It just will Exactly.
0: Won't And I love that as a pharmacist, as a compounding pharmacist is doing it the right way. You're thinking about gut health and that's really unique. I commend you for that and really just want to say thank you so much for the support you've given me as a doctor. It's really helped me with improving the prescriptions and the customizing for patients. So it's just helped me clinically a lot. You've helped me personally with some things health-wise for myself and family. So it just means the world. And so thank you.
1: You're welcome. And I want to thank you for being just one of those great doctors that I could refer patients to and know that you're going to take just extreme care and trying to and time to figure out what's wrong. And you're constantly educating yourself mm-hmm. to know the best ways to treat them and understanding what you learned two years ago isn't enough to treat them right day. And you're constantly educating yourself to get up to date with the newest science. Yeah. And, and so working with a doctor like you and knowing that I could refer patients and they're going to be well taken care of is also
0: uh, Yeah, it gives you peace a, of mind. Yeah, because yeah, we we're doing this because we want to help people. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. not for the money. So but we're definitely wanting to help people. So thank you. Thank you for being my guest. And I appreciate you saying those kind words. I, I received that. How can people listening, just know about you guys and what you guys are up to? Yeah.
1: Thank you for having me. So the name of the pharmacy is Carmel Valley Pharmacy. Our website is carmelvalleypharmacy.com and our phone number is 858-481-4990 and we have a human being answers the phone, not an automated <laughs> machine and we are any of are very happy to help you in any of your needs.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again. You have a wonderful rest of your day and I'm sure we'll talk real soon.
1: You hear the same. Thank you so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.